0: So welcome to The Beat Talks by OIE, and uh, today I'm here with Annie Kahn Henrik. Maybe you can give us a short introduction to your topic.
1: Very briefly, we uh, wrote about digital platforms in the food industry. We wanted to look at uh, how they were shaping and impacting the food industry as it is, <coughs> as it is now. Um, we were trying to find platforms with a... Specifically, social focus, where they combined the interest of obviously having a commercial business, but with attempting to make some positive social and uh, environmental change as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you have a few companies that you were focused on? or you had case studies or how did you research?
2: Yeah, we had a uh, multiple case studies. So mm-hmm. we um, had a couple of companies like Go, Plant, Gemma, Grimm in mud, uh, freshland, and then we had some expert as well that we kind of talked to to understand better the food industry
0: did you had certain criteria when you were um, picking your your case studies well
2: there had to be a digital
0: platform i guess but <laughs> anything else
2: i mean we kind of focus on food waste but you can put food waste in different ways like um to, to go redistributing food waste basically or like a plant jammer that helps you to cook with the ingredients you have to prevent food waste so it can be really broad how yeah safe or be better for the environment but mostly all of them have like a food waste component on in it
0: mm-hmm. okay so maybe um we can dive a little bit into your motivation like why is this topic relevant at all um and why do you think it's interesting for yourself and why did you Um, decided to write on it
1: I think at least for my part um, it was interesting to find find these initiatives with a social focus in this specific industry because it's it seems like industry that is kind of behind the curve a little bit Uh, it's notoriously very low margins and there's a quite well known that they have a huge waste problem Uh, but because of the dynamics in the low margins they have difficulty changing the current system and i think more and more in in the public discourse in society we want we want to figure out how to do business in a more social uh, way so it was interesting to see how they went about it in this uh, this setting
2: yeah i mean i'm a huge foodie <laughs> so uh a bit set on food in general and um, also the digital platforms or in general digitalization is a big factor that we can research on because we have so many more possibilities through digital platforms or in general digital technologies it's a very nice way of um, finding new business solutions
0: okay let's dive a little bit into your uh, findings Um, what did you find out when you were speaking to um, or interviewing your case studies?
1: So, we, we found out uh, a couple of things. In the literature previously, multi homing, for example, is a, uh, something that's undesirable for most platforms because you want to protect your consumer and make sure that they only want to use or need to use your platform rather than your competitors. Uh, and for these companies, multi homing was actually a more desirable trait. They were happy to engage in joint promotion, point their own users to um, competing platforms. So rather than competing aggressively, they were actually uh, cooperating uh, much more heavily. Secondly, we also found that um, for some of them, they had what's called um, multinational network effects, which basically means that they are subject to network clusters in each uh, area that they operate in. So if you, for example, are um, facilitating trade in Copenhagen, then a consumer in London doesn't get any value from that, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they would have to start again in the UK market if they wanted to launch there. Whilst um, a company, a case company we had called Planjammer, which had a digital product as their main value offering, they were able to create what is called a global network where they simultaneously could grow in the US, Germany, and Denmark. And as the user base uh, grew, all of these users in each of these regions benefited from that growth as well. So by having this global network, they more easily could could layer their business and, and find alternative ways or alternative revenue streams to their, to their network.
0: Mm. How do you define, or what is an example for it? That was one example of network service.
1: Yeah, Uber, for example, where you have the two sides, you have the drivers and the riders. And for the rider, as the amount of drivers grow on the platform, your waiting time will drop because there's constantly enough supply to meet your demand. Uh, simultaneously, for the driver, when the riders, when the user base grows, hmm. then they will have more business and so on. So um, each side affects each other.
0: Um, I, I think now I interrupted you in <laughs> in your findings.
1: Yes, uh, we, we tried to find whether the dynamics in that specific market pointed to a winner-take-all market. And it, it might eventually turn out that way, but we didn't find anything that suggested that it is a winner take all market right now. For those who don't know, a winner take all market is where um, certain dynamics are in place to, and they can develop this market leader that can control 90 plus percent of the market share.
0: Like Amazon. Like, like Google. Amazon,
1: Google, and search engines. But we didn't find anything to suggest it's uh, it's like that now.
0: So right now, the 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 marketplace in or the market in Copenhagen in terms of digital food platforms is quite equally distributed. Or how does it look like?
1: No, a 2 get to go is by far um, the the platform leader. Okay. But even though they have the lead, uh, looking at the underlying dynamics, it's it's completely possible for uh, for someone to compete and, and stay in the market. Hmm. But this can be subject to change as well, because it's still a very, very small part of um, grocery and food um, sales. So we talked, for example, to co and e-commerce of food is still almost not even on their radar yeah. because it's such a small part of, of the business. Yeah.
2: And the problem is with food waste, they are not really interested of, of course, they want to reduce food waste because they lose money if they have to make the product cheaper or they don't sell it. But that means more that they push more products on you. And we have already 50% of the waste is coming from households, so it doesn't really help. So there's not much food waste in, in production, for example, it's like we went to ala what was it like 1 or 2% 2% yeah. wow that's nothing yeah no
1: big business is uh, remarkably efficient wow okay yeah.
2: yeah so that that's not the problem the problem is actually with the consumers yeah,
1: yeah. so it's uh, and that's the, i guess aniga's going to talk more about it but that's also why they push so much information these platforms that we looked into they push information to try to change that our consumption habits and the the market conventions that we are subject to mm. yeah
2: okay yeah that was like basically the second part of our findings which was the consumer is the driver so the supply chain changes a lot through consumers um, so we see a chain reversal going on wow what's so, that <laughs> yeah it's a like good work right yeah it's basically that uh, the consumer decides now what's going to be produced and gives it back to the supply chain so we have a lot of power to decide on what is produced and what we throw away and so on. And as I said, the most food waste is uh, within the consumers. And the platforms we focus on, they were really trying to inform the users about their problem. Also educate them through leaflets or like in the app, there are small facts of what you can do. Um, and even one big part of uh, it was nudging. It's... Basically, you persuade someone in a behavior that, without kind of forcing him, so it do, he, they does it they do it unintentionally. Some uh, persuas, <laughs> there's like a little fly now in the persuas, so they can aim <laughs> at the fly, <laughs> and that actually um, reduced, um, like it was so much more clean. Mm. Uh, I think sixty percent. So there's a lot of things you can do through nudging. Our like some of our companies did that through a digital interface so you can basically mark something green or something red and you're more forced to something green or like through gamification elements you collected more health apples and mm. if you look at grim they have volunteers packing the boxes which is quite interesting to see that they are a business and they find people to work voluntarily me for, for example course. yeah yeah you did that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. so so it's um They really create this movement around food waste. And that's why they also point to each other because they want to create this whole movement around.
0: If we think that these companies, they can sustain because there is food waste and now they want to educate towards reducing food waste. From a business perspective, isn't that crazy?
1: Absolutely. So the the people we talked to at Too Good To Go, for example, they said that the goal was to... Uh, eliminate food waste. Uh, they had the feeling or uh, the, the company culture said that that was a worthwhile goal and if that was what's happened then they had they could pack up and and leave. Uh, if you ask the board of directors they might give you uh, a different answer uh, because obviously there's a contradiction there where you're effectively trying to eliminate what sustain your business but i think in general uh, that's not going to happen anytime soon no, they're right. going to they're going to be enough waste food waste to uh, to keep them going for a long while still
2: a lot of our companies actually go upstream the supply chain so took implemented to go uh, implemented now manufacturers into that program so you can go to the to go store here and next to cbs and buy broken packaging from manufacturers or the chocolate is with the wrong print and so on. They also want to go to the farmers now and look okay when it's blueberry season there's some blueberries left what, what could we do with that. I think now they're like gather knowledge more and more and then maybe they don't have to even have some sales anymore maybe like the data can be really valuable in the end. We don't know where the business model goes to but that's maybe just the start and then like Amazon, like the marketplace is such a small amount. Now it's more about selling cloud storage or in server storage or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, the business model changed based on. So yeah. we kind of did also like a future of the supply chain, kind of like an outlook. And we asked our companies, what do you expect? What's going to happen? Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. So there was something like it could be like an Apple store where it's only like one product displayed and everyone can touch it. And then in the end, you can just get your um, groceries when you check out. Mm-hmm. So that's also a problem that um, when you buy bananas, you always pick the nicest one and the single one always get left behind. Yeah. Um, so stuff like this and the shelf is always needed before um, because we as consumers have, a, have this vision like we wouldn't buy the last banana or the last apple. So it's also something about us that we have to change. And so what's
0: the main conclusion?
1: In order to solve the big food waste issue, um, there's, I think, the the major problem lies with the consumers and the market conventions that are very prone for overconsumption. Is it culturally related? Yeah. Or? Uh, it, it at least seems that way. We, or at least our parents' generation, our generation, has lived in a society where... A- everything is in abundance right mm. so we uh, are prone to overconsumption uh, we saw some data saying that those who uh, lived during the second world war for example uh, they wasted I think 10% of the average consumer in in Europe mm. um, because they've experienced that scarcity and the shortage
2: yeah, the problem is also we lost the The connection to food like when you read uh, beef some people don't eat like or pork it's not even the term what you will use when you see a cow or a pig so some kids don't even know that this is actually an animal we are all living in cities and we have never seen the farm life and all of this so that kind of fosters the situation like we really lost the value for food food is the cheapest thing we can buy and i mean it's a basic product we do but we are always complaining. Oh no, this is too expensive. Mm. But if we see the whole thing, how much effort it took to grow it, like a chicken, and then we buy it for, I don't know, uh, thirty kronos in the yeah. supermarket. Disgusting. Uh, yeah. It's just it's just really difficult, and yeah. we we don't want to spend more money for food. And um, I think if people know better of what's behind it and see the value again, we would be wasting less food. Yeah. That's at least what I hope.
1: Yeah. And, and just to add because um, even though consumers have a big role to play here we can't uh, let the, the industry actors completely off the hook either because um, they're they're it's absolutely a push supply chain where they are trying through all their means to get us to buy as much as possible so they're actually pushing as much product as possible we know that they are operating now throughout the supply chain in data silos. So they don't really share the data they have with each other, uh, which could create a more optimal uh, and efficient supply chain as a whole. But it makes more sense for them to, um, to keep hold of their data and protect their data. What uh, data are we
0: talking about here?
1: All data about sales and yeah. uh, what they forecast that the population will need of food. Okay. They don't necessarily share that very well with uh, the producers. So they, most producers are on a contract and they get told we forecast the, how much food we're going to need. And then the producer produces as much as they can for as little cost as possible. That's where a platform, if it's big enough, like for example Amazon Fresh, um, and if they were able to have the dominion over the space, they could have enough data to effectively uh, predict demand well enough, and yeah. we could maybe reduce the overproduction.
0: Um, but do you really see, because I went to their website a few times, um, and I think you can buy new kits as well, as well as single products, just like in a supermarket? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you really see that being the future? Because when I, I browsed through and I was like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to order through such a tool. Hopefully, hopefully
1: it's not the future. Um, One of our first conversations was with the CEO of Plant Jammer and he talked about this specific problem where if Amazon is the one that controls the space, he called it, it would be an automated highway where it's (laughs) how can we get Cheapest meal, most efficient from A to B, and you would consume it without having put in any effort, without appreciating the food. It's just, it's this highway where he wanted to see something that was more like a wooden path where you could, (laughs) where you could smell the grass and you could experience the the making of the food, the eating of the food. And it would be, uh, he saw that as a much better experience for us as humans. So he didn't hope that Amazon would end up end up controlling space, but rather someone who appreciated what food actually is for us.
2: The CEO also said it's a mental thing to do, like kind of good for your mental health to cook and to enjoy the ingredients and to smell the ingredients. And I think if we lose this culture of cooking and enjoying food, then we are losing a big part of society as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much. thank Thank you I think we recorded a lot now (laughs) (laughs) but yeah thanks for your insights thanks for sharing your findings and uh, giving us an overview of what's happening right now with the industry
1: thank you for having us